Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 22-year-old Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith has a story that is like no other, and honestly only 13 people in the world can relate to it on a personal standpoint. Tyler was involved in the Humboldt Broncos bus crash on April 6, 2018. He's here today to speak up and share his story and prove that it's okay to not be okay. He has a story that I personally cannot even fathom and I know the rest of the hockey world cannot as well, but we are all behind him and we're all so proud to have him here sharing his story. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They have recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Tyler Smith's story and realize that it's okay to not be okay. The hockey world's an unbelievable world. Uh, you can't make up for loss. You just can't. It's got to rip the heart of your chest. Uh, we pray for those families and thinking about them. And um, I don't know what else to say, but, uh, you know, a horrific, horrific accident. A tough day. At approximately 5 p.m. this afternoon, a semi-trailer unit collided with a passenger bus carrying members of the Humboldt Broncos. The team was on its way from Humboldt, Saskatchewan to Nipawin, where it was set to play Game 5 of a playoff series against the local team, the Hawks. There's 29 families, 16 in the past, 13 are survivors, and of those survivors, nobody's 100%. There's survivor guilt, brain injuries, there's all kinds of things. We will never forget April 6th, 2018. What's up, man? How are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'll start my video here. How's oh, there you are. How's it going? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. Thank you so much for obviously coming on to the podcast and being vulnerable enough to share your story. It's obviously very inspiring, especially for myself. And I know for everyone else around us, it's super inspiring. and It's awesome to actually have you come on and speak and share your story. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was pumped when you, when you sent me the message. Absolutely. This is a, yeah. this is a no brainer and yeah, the props, props and all respect to you, man, for what you're doing as well. That's, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something that needs to be done. So yeah, props to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of did a little brief introduction about who you are and a little bit of your story, but I'm just curious if you kind of want to jump in and kind of start from day one when things obviously took a little bit of a turn yeah I mean it's up to you it, whatever flow you kind of want to start with I'm good with so I'm pretty pretty flexible and open to kind of whatever so yeah. if you want to uh if you want to dive right into that to start then yeah yeah absolutely okay well actually first off I kind of want to ask when like did you ever have mental health struggles obviously before um the whole accident happened um like uh, looking back like a, a couple little things that I can think of where it was like oh yeah okay that's that's like your mental health talking but um there was one little four-day stint in Humboldt um where I kind of went just you know quiet and 
and was just like but besides that nothing nothing that really stands out like I mean it doesn't really I, I guess I, it doesn't really run in my family kind of thing like it's yeah. I mean we're we're all very tight and we all kind of lean on each other so it's never been like a huge thing for us but um now obviously it's it's very much at the forefront so uh now yeah but before not so much yeah yeah totally um so yeah I'm just curious if you kind of do want to explain the story and what happened and especially from your perspective and how it obviously affected you in the long haul but um obviously just things leading up to it and the crash itself if you want to share that that bit yeah yeah, so I mean, um, obviously I ended up in Humboldt in October is what it was. So um, kind of came in not really knowing fully what to expect. Um, obviously AJ is a little bit different than the SJ. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a top scorer by all like <laughs> at all. So I mean, I I kind of knew right away I was gonna go into that role, fourth line, third line, maybe a little PK, and just kind of be that dressing room guy that I've always kind of loved being, and I I, I just I take pride in that role and, and I wanted to just do that. And that's simply, that, that's pretty much it. So I did have some connections coming in. Um, I knew Connor Lucan who played with my brother, actually. Uh, I knew Ryan Stresnitsky who I played with. And then I knew Stephen Wack through mutual friends. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of other connections that we, once I got there, I put together, I was like, wow, like this is, this is like home. Like, I mean, it's weird. I'm in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, but I got a bunch of guys from Edmonton, Slave Lake, St. Albert. They're all, they're all here. And it was like, once I started figuring out, Oh, you know, this guy, Oh, you know, this guy was like, it was like, I was meant to be there, honestly. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, as the year went on, it was a, it was a special, special team. And and that goes right directly to our coaching staff and, and our head coach, Darcy Hogan, just created that, created that atmosphere and that environment that you truly just crave being a part of. Like it was just, every day coming to the rink was so much fun and you never really knew what to expect. Like I remember the one day we came to the rink and there was probably four feet of snow that just dropped and <laughs> like, no, no practice today. Everybody go home, grab your shovels and we're going around the community. And it was just like little things like that, where it was just like, mm-hmm. he cared so much about us, but also cared about the community just because we were like essentially the community as well. Like the community loved us. And I mean, there's probably only six, 7,000 people in Humboldt and, and the Broncos are, I think, the most winningest team in SJ history. So so we really took part in the community and, and tried to, to always make sure that we gave back to them as well. But um, yeah, and then obviously made it to playoffs. We we beat Melford 4-1 in the first round, which was, uh, I mean, we were we were really happy with that. We thought it was going to be a tight series, but we ended up kind of taking it in five. And it was a, it was a really good test because Nippon was next and Nippon was, was pretty much our rival. And, and we knew that it wasn't going to be easy. So um, I remember losing an, a double OT heartbreaker and uh, our captain shots. He's like, boys, just let this sink in. Um, we're going to focus on tomorrow, but for now we got to let this sink in. And that's what we did. And, and so, yeah, we ended up, obviously the the day of the crash I mean I personally don't remember anything but I mean now looking back um any guy you talk to on that team like any of us survivors knew that we were going to win that hockey game and that was just something we truly believed in just because we we had it and we we knew that it, it was just a that that tri- or I think it was triple over, over time even it, it was just that split second and 
And I mean, it crushed us, but we just had all the confidence in the world. So it was just another day, regular day. Um, and then obviously, like I said, I don't remember anything. Uh, probably remember four or five days after waking up in the hospital um, with the with the eight or nine injuries I suffered, the stroke and then the nerve damage and, and all those kind of combined. It was just like I, I mean, I, I, I was so hopped up on, on drugs and everything that I, I truly can't, I want to piece it together. I want to try and remember like even parts of the day leading up to it, the morning skate, the, the afternoon nap, whatever it was. Like, I think that's just a natural thing for a human being to, to kind of want to piece it together. But I've said multiple times, I think it's one of the biggest blessing in disguises I have to realize just because that's a very big mental injury. And that's something that you'll never forget. And yeah. and for the boys that obviously remember waking up, it's something that I, I, I just wish enough, like never anything upon them. Just like it's, it's just so sad because mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously some guys, there's just it's just so different. I mean, there's there's physical injuries. Um, and then there's mental injuries but like mm. every guy had that there's just something attached and there's something that will yeah so I mean I'm rambling on here but that's kind of the gist of it for the first couple days after and then obviously the hospital and just a recovery and uh but yeah here you go ahead <laughs> oh no no that's yeah that's insane and I mean I personally I didn't know about all the injuries that you suffered did you kind of want to just fill us in on what all those injuries were yeah, so I, was, I suffered a minor stroke, like I said, um, and then I I snapped my collarbone, which I required surgery on, and, and when it snapped, it damaged a couple of nerves up there, mm-hmm. and I mean, before the accident, I didn't even know what nerve damage was, like, I, 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 don't, I just never something that I had or, like, anybody yeah. around me had, so I remember just waking up, and my left arm was, like, dead, and I was, like, what, what what's <laughs> going on, and and they said it was, like, a millimeter a day that it was going to take to heal, so I kind of knew that I mean, I was expecting a one to be recovery at least. And I mean, mm. I still have some free or some numbness and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm at 90%, probably 95%. Like I can do absolutely everything still. And then um, broken shoulder blade. I punctured my lung um, from the two broken ribs, I believe is what it was. And then uh, and then I had six inches of my small intestine removed, which I required surgery on the night of. So I think that's the, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's insane. Um, and obviously with the whole crash and like you talked about for those guys, for everyone that obviously was fortunate enough to still be here. And you talked about how it's such a blessing in disguise that you don't remember. Um, is there some of your teammates that did wake up and do remember? And do you know how that's kind of affected them? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, those guys would more or less want that to stay private. I can't remember if any of the guys actually came out and shared about it, or I believe one did. Um, but I think that's just, that's the thing. I mean, it, we're all in this together for life. We're all going to be brothers for life, and we know that. But at the end of the day, that's something that they, some may choose to just deal with alone. And I mean, we've always, even when we get together, we'll chat about things, but I mean, it always doesn't, it just doesn't come up sometimes just because that's, I mean, you, you love and respect them so much, but I mean, I, I, I just truly couldn't even imagine just because that's, 
now that I've learned how important and, and vital it is to take care of your mental health, like that's just something that I, I truly couldn't even comprehend. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have so much obviously love and respect for every, every single guy, but uh, yeah, I don't think we'll get too much into that just because I mean, I'd, I'd love to respect everybody else's privacy and kind of the way they're going about it just because I mean, every guy's going about it everybody's obviously heals differently. So, I mean, we're all still bonded and we all still chat and we all still kind of do our own thing also, just because, I mean, we have to try and get back to who we were and, and get back to living the life that we kind of want to live. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. And I'm sure everyone will definitely respect you keeping those things private because we obviously care about everyone else's respect as well. Um, I guess another thing, is kind of after that crash obviously it was it was a long road it wasn't easy it was it was a long road and I know for a fact that you're still obviously there's bits and pieces that you're still trying to put together and things you're trying to fix um, obviously within and some things that will never get fixed but how important was it for you to have a support system around you that obviously helped you get back to a better state or even help drive you to do something kind of bigger than a lot of other people. And in by that, I mean, you coming on these podcasts, you talking on the news, you being open with sharing your story and obviously helping other people that might struggle. Um, obviously probably not to the same extent, but at least somewhat close. Yeah. I think looking back, I wish I did rely on my support system for those couple months after more um, just because I, you know, I was, I was just that stubborn kid that was just like, whenever somebody would ask me how I'm doing, I would just say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Like, thanks for asking. Like, I'm doing fine. I'm just trying to, just trying to recover and just taking it day by day. But yeah, like I said, looking back, I probably should have used it more. Um, but it was still something that kept me going and kept me like moving forward just to see the, obviously the worldwide support was one thing. That's something that uh, like, I'll never be able to say thank you enough just because it was, it was just mind blowing. It was so incredible to see the the endless posts and the, and to see the endless sticks out and to, to receive all the notes and to receive everything. Like, I mean, at a point it was like something new was coming to our door every day. And it was just like, and that's even to, to my community, even like the way Leduc rallied around, around me and, and the way everybody just, was so selfless and so just wanted to do something good and just do something to help. And, and I mean, even for the weeks and months following, I was just like, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, why, why do people just like, what, what, like, what is going on? Like, why are like, what's happening? And and I think I can just realize now that people just truly just wanted to do this out of the goodness of their heart. And I mean, obviously hockey is such a, a prominent thing in Canada and it's just, it's so important to so many small communities and so many people around, around the nation. So I think it was just, it was just second nature. It was just like, we need to do something. We have to help, whether it's a a donation to the GoFundMe, whether it's a little note, whether it's a card, whether it's flowers, whatever it is. I think the way people rallied was just truly remarkable. And I mean, even when I woke up in the hospital to see the amount of friends and family that I had there that showed up and I had two of my, two of my best friends, ride down on the greyhound just because they wanted to just get there somehow and wanted to be there and and I think that's something that will I'll 
always just holds so close to my heart, just like the amount of people that truly rallied and truly just wanted to support us and support me and, and just, just the world stopped for them. And they were just like, we need to do something. And, and um, yeah, I mean, once I went back to Humboldt, I mean, the support was still endless. And, and I, when I went back, it was, I was still receiving messages and, and people just wanted to see me and, and the other guys succeed. And, and then once I got there, obviously, um, I realized it wasn't where I needed to be and I, I needed to get home to just recover. And I think mm. that support system there was just like the billet families as well. And like my billet parents, like mm-hmm. Paul and Nancy, the, probably the, one of the main reasons I'm here kind of in like a good mental state, because they just said like you we we want you to be okay and we need you to to do something about it and mm-hmm. and I mean that's just something that I'll like I'll, I'll forever be grateful for just because that's I mean it's it's as simple as that as a junior hockey player when you walk into a new home sometimes it may not feel like home but like at my billet house it, it, it always felt like home and and once I got back and once they realized that I wasn't truly doing as well as I should be or as well as I used to be or, or filling that same role in the dressing room that I used to, um, I think they just they just wanted me to get back to, to who I was. And that's when I came home and started kind of relying on the people around me more and, and utilizing the resources and, and the tools around me to actually take my mental health and make it an importance in my life and Mm. and uh yeah that was a big shift for me yeah definitely and um kind of touching back on you talked about obviously your friends your friends coming to visit you and your family and just people that are really close to you um i'm sure that in that time recovering you went through some some big lows but um do you think that um overall they did everything to keep you in like a positive mindset i would say so i mean i think the people around me that loved me and cared cared about me knew that i wasn't obviously going to get be able to get back to the to the complete human i was before the crash and i i I will never be able to get back to the to the complete human because it's something i think about every single day and it's something that's at the forefront of my mind but i think they saw the way that I kind of made progress about it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I had friends come over a couple, like couple weeks or months after the accident, I mean, I just wasn't, I, I had no desire. I still felt numb. I still felt kind of, I was just, I mean, we were all still completely in shock. I mean, mm-hmm. we're junior hockey players. We're, we're young, we're young adults. How do we even go about navigating this or, or go about trying to figure out what the best route is or trying to figure out who to rely on I mean but yeah it was just such a learning curve and I think the people around me respected that and they and they did what they could to to try and cheer me up and keep me positive which I mean mm-hmm. I'll always be grateful for and I'll always appreciate those people so much but it was just something that I think was bigger than than any friendship or relationship unfortunately mm-hmm. it was just something that I had no idea what to do and and the people that still stay around and, and cared and, and love for me today are the people that understood that I was just, you know what, I, I simply couldn't give my all to anything and I simply just couldn't feel those emotions of happiness and laughter and, and all that like I did usually before the accident. It's just because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a fun-loving kid. I, I love to have fun. I love to, I love to be around people. I love to 
I love to communicate. I love to make new relationships. I love to make new connections, whatever it may be. So, um, but I think they all understood that. And I mean, uh, rightfully so. I, I don't mm-hmm. think, I think a lot of those, like my friends and family were also in shock too. So, I mean, they were also trying to, to navigate their own path. So I think it was, it was just a learning curve for a lot of people and a lot of people in my life. So for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the biggest things that I sometimes touch on in my podcast is professional help and seeking professional help after your accident. Have you been able, or I guess, have you seeked professional help in some form or another? Yeah. So, I mean, once I got home from Humboldt the second time after I went and made my return, um, that's something that I, I kind of promised to myself that I would do and I would try because at the end of the day, I mean, you can't force it on anybody, but, I, and it also just doesn't work for some people. And that's just, that's just the way it is. So I went in with an open mind, just trying to kind of see how it was going to be just because I'm not usually a kid to, to open up anyways. So I was like, okay, am I going to a, a room with a stranger? Like, how how is this going to go? Like, I, I simply just don't know. And I mean, I didn't really have any direct friends or family that like ever seeked out professional help. So, I mean, it was more like a thing where I was just like, I need to do this. And if it works for me, then perfect. But it, also, I need, I need to make that promise to myself that if it works for me, I need to continue with it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I... I sometimes had that thought in my head where I was like you know what I'll go two or three times and I'll be fine like it's that's all I need but I think it's a it's an ongoing thing and I mean we struggle with it every day so it's not just going to go away Mm -hmm. so I did seek professional help and I think that's definitely been a big step in my kind of healing journey and I I had no idea how it was going to go but um, it's been really good and I mean, COVID's kind of put a, a little damper in that. And I mean, I'm in online school, so it's it's tough to to sometimes navigate booking new appointments and stuff. And I think that's that's also something I just need to work on as well is just fully making that commitment to always kind of keep with it. Um, I mean, it's but looking back and continuing to do it, it's something that I'm uh, I'm glad I made the decision to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I know for myself, anyways. That's one of my biggest things that it was the hardest thing for me to get into. But now that I do go seek professional help, I personally love it. And I know I've talked about this before, but I just walk in there and we just, sometimes we just shoot the shit. We just talk and we, it's not serious at all. We just sit there and we'll talk business or we'll talk about the most random things, but it's, it still allows me to dig deeper within myself and, obviously realize some problems that aren't really problems or some things that need some maintenance. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's super beneficial, but like you said, not, it won't be beneficial to everyone and not everyone will like it. But I think if you do like it and you find that it helps, it's really important to obviously make that commitment and stay committed to it. Um, But another kind of to switch up the topic here, because obviously we've, we've talked a lot about some, some really, uh, some really grueling things. Um, but one thing that you've done is you've actually created some sweaters and do you want to obviously tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. So you said sweaters, right? Sorry. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've told this story a couple of times. It was just something, um, I'm a big, I like, I love fashion. Like I love clothing. I love 
my mom hates it because I mean I got 10 pairs of shoes I got 45 hats I got 64 t-shirts whatever it is like I just I just buy way too much and I just love the the aspect of it something that I've always kind of wanted to do and and so the one day I was just like I was I think I I originally sent the design to uh, the embroidery shop in town. I grew up with the the one girl who works there. Um, so I was just like, hey, can you like kind of just put this on on a, on a sweater? Like give me a kind of a prototype design. And I just wanted to see how it looked. And, and I sent it to my girlfriend and it ended up being like, a, a, we were both like, yeah, like that's like, you can wear that. Like, it's not something that's just like a one day thing, you know? Like yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. Like let's make a couple. and. And I made one for me, my girlfriend, and my brother originally, and and um, we had them for a couple of weeks actually. And then, and then the one day we were, we went and did a hike in in Kananaskis, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to like just take some pictures of them, just to you know, just to kind of see how it looks and maybe post it and and see what the response is?" And I originally just posted it because I was like, "It's kind of a cool photo, anyways." Like up <laughs> on a mountain, and uh, and then I just like me and her both received a, a an out of people wanting the sweater or like kind of trying to figure out where that we got it and how they could acquire one and and so I went to the embroidery shop and I was like hey like I'm in over my head like I don't know what I'm doing like I just made this for fun like can you help me out and and luckily like they've been so helpful in this in this kind of um, new endeavor I guess just because they've been able to embroider them for me and get the stock in and do everything and, and get the orders in and make the online websites and and uh it's been man it's been incredible like it's been it's been truly overwhelming in such a positive way just to just just to see the fact that people want the sweater not only because maybe it looks good but because the messages on them actually mean something to them and I mean it's, it's just two simple phrases that I've kind of that have stuck with me and resonated with me and I I think obviously they're very simple, but I think it can mean so much more. And I mean, to a person that buys it in, in Lloydminster, Alberta, it can mean so much more and so much different than what it means to me. But it's just, mm. it's just the fact that people connect with the message. And I think obviously people always want to be able to give back. And, and the fact that I'll be donating some of the proceeds to mental health awareness, um, I haven't fully picked the, the, don't, the charities or foundations yet, but mm. I think the fact that that's something else that drew people in and and it just goes back to the fact that people are just good people like it's just mm -hmm. that's the thing and I mean I got one message from a guy saying how it's already striking up conversations like those tough conversations with the people around him and I mean he received the message from one of his friends across the world who was like he was like like bro like this is amazing like like and I mean it's just those conversations that you don't usually have and I mean I kind of intended for that, but I, it wasn't my main focus. It was just like, you know what, these messages mean something to me. And I was just like, if, if people, if it means something to other people, then perfect. But mm -hmm. now that I realized that it can strike up those conversations, I was like, this is, this is special. Like, this is important. Like if you're sitting at a family dinner and, and your cousin sees that sweater and is, and takes you downstairs and, and opens up about something, it's just like, it's just a, such a new facet of, of a relationship or of a, a friendship or a connection or whatever it is and it's just it's just something that means a lot to me and I'm, I'm super happy and grateful that it means a lot to to the people not just around me I mean it's been I've had sweater requests from St. Louis or, or LA or whatever like it's been it's honestly been truly incredible yeah no that's insane I know every single day 
I think I see about 20, 20 Instagram stories on your thing of people with the sweaters and no, they're awesome. I know the, the first time uh, when I stumbled across your Instagram page and I saw the hoodies, I was like, oh my God, I want one. And I just kept looking at them. And then I think that's obviously how I messaged you because it, again, like you said, it's a bit of a conversation starter. And um, if I didn't see those hoodies and what the message was, I don't think I really would have messaged you or asked you because mm-hmm. to me anyways, you making these hoodies is showing vulnerability from your side, but also showing your support to mental health and how you're here to help and you're here to start a conversation and just prove that we're not alone. <laughs> like nobody that struggles is alone. And that's, yeah, that's the point. And you've made that point very clear. And no, I envy you for everything that you've done with those. They're incredible. And the fact that they're reaching tons of other places is awesome. And I think they should continue doing that. And I know in any which way that obviously that I can tell all my friends and tell everyone around, like I'll be sure to to point them in your direction. Um, But I guess another quick little question that I had was for you struggling with mental health and obviously going through what you've been through, what was one of the biggest tips or what is one of the biggest tips of advice that you could give somebody that is struggling? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a couple couple of things that really hit home with me and, and really resonated with me. And I think um, my girlfriend was the one, was the person who actually kind of like gave me this advice and gave me this kind of tip where it was like, like I'm not usually one to like look at myself and like be proud or like, you know, like really like take in that moment. I was like, yeah, you did that. Like that's, that's huge. Like, but she said like, once you make that first step, that's just like one of the most brave and courageous things you could ever do in your life. And, and I think that's just, I was just like, yeah, like, I, I guess you're right. Like, I mean, that's, that's something that unfortunately not enough people do, but once you do it, I think it's just such a weight lifted off your shoulders. And it's just such a, it's such a refreshing moment in a way that you don't really ever think about. And, and once I got thinking about it, I was like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, I I think more people need to know that because I think a lot, there's that misconception, especially with, I mean, hockey players and, and males. And I think once they re or I think they think that once you make that first step of, of, you know, opening up or, or sharing your thoughts and feelings and being vulnerable, then you're actually looked down, looked down upon instead of kind of, you know, like being in that, in that mindset of like, yeah, you're brave and you're courageous. And I think that's the, unfortunately, that's the misconception that needs to just go away just because it is, it is completely the opposite. And I mean, I think you will gain more respect from the people around you even. And I feel as though um, your story, I mean, even if you're just in a small community and and one of your community members opens up about something, it can always impact somebody else. And that's something else I had to realize is that the people around you, will always kind of even look up to you in a way if you're if you're doing something like that and and the other big piece of advice I had to to struggle with and I had to kind of do it or had to realize is don't wait and I think it was just like yeah you know I waited for a long time I was just like I was just pushing it on the back burner I was just letting it spiral and I think 
if you wait, then you're just prolonging that suffering. And I think once you make that first step and you stop waiting and just take action and, and really put yourself first and realize that self-care is not selfish, then I think it's only, you can only look up and you can only move forward from that. So those are kind of two little pieces of advice that I've really stuck, that have really stuck with me and that I've really tried to to share in my kind of posts or speeches or, or interviews or whatever it may be your podcast. So, so yeah. Yeah, no, I relate to that so much. I know for myself anyways, the, I think the hardest part for me when, cause I knew that I had mental health struggles for a long time, but uh, the most difficult thing for me was actually being transparent with it and being open and vulnerable mm-hmm. about my struggles and it takes a long time. Like a lot of people don't realize that, but to make that first step is huge. And it, sometimes it prolongs for years and you know what's going on, but you never take that initial step. And even after you take that first step, sometimes it's hard to take the second one. And I know for myself, when I realized my mental health struggles were getting to a point where it was not good. And that's when all the suicidal thoughts came out and all those sorts of things. That's when I really took my first step. And then it even took me a while to take the second one. But after that, then it's just been a bit of a snowball effect. And obviously now we're here having these conversations and these conversations are so captivating and so moving. And I don't think I like, I don't think everyone that listens realizes how much these conversations mean to me and how much they help me and how much they truly do help everyone else around like around everyone really because if you can relate to someone's story or you can hear somebody talking about the most vulnerable parts about themselves or their stories like a story like yourself like that's it's amazing and I know for myself if I was somebody that was keeping all my struggles on the inside after hearing a story like yours it would give me the strength to speak up and just realize that it is okay to talk about it. And you're not alone. Like you can hit rock bottom, but you can also come back from that and you can take the steps that you need to make in order to obviously be better, be happier and just live a more fulfilled life. And I, I think that's so important. Um, one question that I have for you is uh, when you were getting better and obviously even now like have you ever taken any form of medication or anything along those lines uh so for me personally like I've never actually like I'm still a pretty calm guy like even you can ask my girlfriend like I'm very patient I'm very calm and I'm very um I'm very laid back so I've never been at a point where I I truly think that I'm in need of medication maybe I I don't know like I'm not ruling it out and I'll never close a door Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's just not not something that I I do and I I respect it so much the the fact that people will take that initiative and take that action to to really get that help that they need and but yeah for me I mean I'm when I know that I'm not doing okay I I kind of I I now know to just take the necessary steps and do what I need to do Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never been to a point where I feel as though I need that, um, that medication or, or anything along those lines. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, everyone's different with medications and everyone has different thoughts on it. 
I know my thoughts aren't the same as everyone else's and I, it's just, that's the way it is. And everyone obviously has different opinions behind it and not everyone has, um, not everyone has kind of that same capability to take medications, if you will, like if that makes sort of sense. I know that there's a lot of other people that they almost get paranoid from taking any form of medication or even vitamins, like that's just who they are. And that's, so I just think everyone's different. Um, one thing that I did want to ask you though, is was there ever a quote or some form of saying that kind of shaped your life? Maybe when you were maybe now, or even when you were kind of going through some of your toughest times? Um, like, I think obviously those two quotes on my sweater really, really mean something to me and really kind of touched me. And, but I think another quote that I, I definitely have just like lived by, and this is almost the, the hockey background and the hockey nature of the one shift at a time kind of thing. Mm. Um, for me, it's literally just one day at a time. And I, I, I just try to, to fully live in the present and that whole one day at a time thing. I remember kind of everything I've done since the accident like at every time everybody's asked me like what do you do like how do you how do you go about the future like what's like what's next and I honestly I I just say like I'm just taking it one day at a time and mm-hmm. and whatever happens kind of each day happens and I I now know to to embrace the good and bad days and I mean mm-hmm. when those come I don't think I'm at a point where I try to brush those off anymore and try to just completely put those on the back burner and and just push that through that day and grind through that day and and this goes back to just like the people that care about me and love me that they know that if it's a bad day, like they don't have to, to try and force me to, to still have a good day. Like I can, I can have a bad day. It's just, it, it, that's the part of life. And I mean, with our, with our tragedy, I, I think people would hopefully respect and understand that. And, mm-hmm. and obviously I, I try to surround myself with people that really will understand that and respect that. So um, that's never been an issue for me, but yeah, it's, it's honestly, that's just something I live by. And that's just something, I think that's just something that kind of goes along with my personality as well. Pretty calm. And, and I just try to live pres- in the present and, and just make those memories when I can, just because I, I think when you go through something like we've went through, you truly realize how much those memories matter and how much mm-hmm. like truly making that effort to make those memories is it goes a long way in the long run. Mm-hmm. no absolutely and I I think more people need to personally anyways I think more people need to live like that because it's so important to focus on the present. because in reality you never know what can happen you can one day everything can be great and the next it's not and that's the harsh reality of life and I think a lot of people take life for granted and a lot of people just don't realize how great it is because life is great and if you take it um, take it for granted, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna be satisfied at the end of the day. And I know one of the biggest things that I always talk about is kind of like wealth and success. And for me, anyways, I look at wealth and success as experiences and the friendships that I make and the memories that I make, because I, I don't know, personally, that's how I look at it. And I cherish those things a heck of a lot more than I cherish money in my bank account. I, I mean, yeah, money helps feed some of those experiences, but overall, I, I think it's so important, obviously, just to, like you said, take it one day at a time and just truly live in the presence. 
Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for anybody that might want to obviously reach out to you, talk to you, um, show you support, or even just connect on a personal level, where could they kind of reach you at? Yeah, so I think the best way is probably just through my Instagram page. Um, I try to go through my message requests and my messages as much as possible. I mean, I'm still in online school, so I, yeah. I try not to spend too much time on social media and everything like that, but that's probably the best way. Um, as of right now, my little clothing line store is uh, is closed right now. Um, I'm going to shift my focus to November and and trying to trying to fully raise money for for men's mental health awareness and then um, I plan to reopen it on November 23rd kind of right before Christmas so people can get their orders in if they want and if they don't it's it's totally uh, up to them but uh, yeah I think the best way is just do the Instagram page awesome yeah that's perfect well honestly I can't thank you enough for obviously coming on to this podcast speaking to me being vulnerable with your story being open transparent you you continue to shape a lot of people's lives and whether you see it or not you seriously do and I know that I'm forever inspired and I'm obviously very grateful to be having this conversation it's it's funny because a month ago I never thought I'd be having a conversation with you and that's that's the reality of it though is you never know where life can take you and can be good or can be bad and but honestly this has been truly inspiring for me and i'm forever grateful for this so thank you very much oh absolutely man no yeah like i said it was a no-brainer thanks for having me on and uh yeah let's let's keep in touch i wish you the best and hopefully okay. next summer i can make it down to bc I'm, I'm in bc every summer so i mean i'd love to uh i'd love to connect in person and uh yeah good for you for what you're doing man it takes a it takes a ton of strength and vulnerability and and courage, like I said. So, I mean, keep pushing. You got, you got me in your corner, man. Like this is, uh, this is amazing. And thanks again for having me on. Yeah. Thank you very much. And when you do come down, we'll definitely connect. You might even do another podcast, but an in-person one this time. <laughs> and it'll be, no, it'll be really fun. And also I'm going to, uh, I'll talk to you after about it, but I'm going to send you one of our struggle create strength shirts that we created. Um, because obviously, yeah, just, we want to honor you and your vulnerability and what you're doing. So we think it would be awesome just to have you. Have oh, you amazing. Yeah. There, I'd so. love to wrap it. Yeah. yeah awesome. No doubt. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very much for talking to me tonight and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle creates strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Tyler's story and I hope that you can reach out to him and have some vulnerable conversations because he's an amazing person to talk to. If you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook, and all posts will be posted on Instagram as well. Thanks so much for listening, and just remember that everyone has a story.